I'm going to continue to pray with you and for you. Christine, I, I, Dave and Angie, you know that you are near to our hearts. And if you're close to our hearts, you're that much closer to God's heart. And he hears and he knows and he understands. For anyone else that has a need in your life, I want you to know that God is able to minister to you. God is able to touch you. That's not my word this morning. That's not my sermon this morning. But I want to just encourage you from the word of God. As we think about God's word, you know, many times we, we fail in reading scripture because we're not so sure we like what we read sometimes. You know, it feels like we're being corrected or disciplined or, or chastised. But I want you to know that God's word tells us that he loves us, that he doesn't hold those things against us, that he, he's forgiven us, that he set us free. And the Bible tells us that whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And so God's word is full of love for us. He's full of love for you. And I want us to, as we become students of God's word, to learn to hear God's word without condemnation. To say, you know what, God, I, I thank you that your word doesn't condemn me. The Bible doesn't condemn you. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, there is not condemnation found there. there the Bible tells us there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ. If you are in Christ, there is no condemnation. There's a love of the Father. There's the correction of a Father. There's, there's the compassion of a Father. There's the caringness of a Father. But many times we don't want to read the Word of God because we're not sure we like what it says. I want you to know that God's Word doesn't just leave us in our sin. It doesn't leave me in my sin. It doesn't leave you in your sin. It gives us hope beyond ourselves. Gives us hope to know that God, in fact, sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on, on that cross for your sins and mine. There is no condemnation. And I pray that condemnation would not be what keeps you from reading the word of God. That it wouldn't be, well, I'm not sure I want to be a student of the word of God because it corrects me. No, that's okay. The Bible tells us that he corrects those he loves. I don't know if you can keep in your mind the big picture of where we've been so far in the book of Nehemiah. As the Greeks have rolled on and we took that little bit of a pause, actually a, quite a bit of pause over Christmas. But let me just give you a picture of where we've been to where we are today. The book of Nehemiah is about people who have moved back from captivity to freedom as their own people. It's all about people who move from slavery to finding their full potential, their full place as God's, sorry, as the people God intended them to be. First comes the, the miraculous deliverance. You remember Nehemiah went to King Artaxerxes and asked for the wall to be, to be built to, to repair the city to bring them back to their own land. We know that God uses Ezra to rebuild the temple and the heart of their soul in their relationship with God. 
Then God raises up Nehemiah to rebuild those walls around that city. The temple reestablishes worship and the law of God. The walls establish their security and future as a released people. The walls make sure that deliverance from their oppressors is more than just a temporary fix. Listen to me, please, and hear me well. I don't want to be misunderstood or misquoted. But you have to do more than just merely come to Jesus. Now, that is absolutely a precious first step when, when you come to faith in Christ. But I believe that God doesn't want us just to remain there. He wants us to grow and to mature. He wants us to understand his word. He wants us to develop. In fact, that's why God said, go and make disciples of all nations in Matthew chapter 28. Because we could do good at getting people to raise a hand at the prayer of prayer, but he doesn't want us just to stay there. He wants us to be discipled and to mature in our faith. He wants to take you from where you were to where you can be, and we're along that process somewhere. So God wants you to mature in him. My hope and prayer is this, is that you would mature in the Lord. There's no other way to put it. At the very center of your life, once you've made that important decision to follow Christ, there's the reorientating of your life. Saying, you know what, I don't, I don't need to have this anymore. It's a putting to death of the old man and picking up the new nature of Christ. So there is a change that needs to take place. We can't just remain where we once were. We have to say, God, what do you have for me? And how do I mature in you? How do I grow up in the things of God, so to speak? He speaks his spirit by his word. Think about your life and my life and even those walls around Jerusalem. There's so much rubble that needs to be cleared and removed. There's so much work to be done. And if we just sat down and looked at what needed to be done in your life and my life, we can say, I don't even know how this is going to happen. Like, I don't know how this gets, how I get my life together, how I straighten this area out, or how I get that area corrected. It starts just like they did in rebuilding that wall. It starts with one stone at a time. It starts with one step. It starts with saying, you know what? I'll take responsibility for this today. Not that there isn't other things that we don't have to work on. The great thing about us is there's not... Not one of us that is complete. We are all, there's always things in each one of our lives that need to be developed, that need to be brought back in alignment with God's word. So God's not done with any one of us. We're still a work in progress. There are many structures that still need to be reestablished and put into place. We're at the place in the book of, the, of Nehemiah where the walls are back up. A fresh start has been made. Maybe the rebuilding of a home or a marriage or a devotional life. The fresh renunciation of some secret sin. Whatever it may be. Much work and prayer have been invested into some area of your life as well. God says, I'm not done with you. You see, wherever you are today, Wherever you are, God's not done with you. 
God, God wants to continue to develop you into the man, to the woman that he's called you to be. He's, we are a work in progress. And God wants to remind us and to re- bring to our recollection the fact of what he has for us. These Israelites are out of captivity. They've been brought back into the security of their walled city. The gates have been hung and reestablished. If you remember, we talked about the gates around Jerusalem and, and the entry points and exit points of our lives as well. And how we need to be controlling of those. You know, in each one of our lives, there are entry points and there are exit points. And we need to be careful of what we're allowing in. And also making sure that we're putting things out. They were saying, you know what, this, this stuff I don't need. These attitudes, these actions, I need to put those outside of my life because they're not helping me. And the things of God that we hear, we need to close those doors and say, I want to retain this. This I don't want to let go of. And that's true for every single one of us. There's entry points and exit points, and we need to be controlling those and saying, what do I allow in? And also, what do I move out? So what happens now? After all this is done, like what happens next? I only have one point this morning. You're saying, Pastor, you talked to us about being a good preacher and how you usually have three points and they started with the same letter and you had an illustration that kind of, yeah, I only have one point. Last week it kind of, I know I had so much content that kind of felt like drinking through a fire hydrant. You know, I was like, pissed off. So today I'm going to give you one point. Next week you'll get points two and three. So if you're not able to attend in person, uh, you can definitely watch us on social media and you can catch the other two points. Or you can sign up for next week. The first point is this, is life's link. Life's link. In Nehemiah chapter 8, in verses 2 and 3, it says this. Father, would you reveal your word to us today? Help us not just to be uh, hearers, but doers. Help us to apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. It says this. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read from it aloud from daybreak until noon as he faced the square before the water gate. In the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. A couple of verses down, verse 5 to 8, it says, Ezra opened up the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great Lord, sorry, the great God. And all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Verse 7, and the Levites, you can see their names, instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. 
They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that people understood what was being read. Verse 8 is amazing. It's about the word of God. It says, they read from the book of the law, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. It's about returning to the Word of God. It's about returning to the importance of God's Word in their life. I know I've said this as our ministerial, I chair the ministerial in our city. And I probably even have said it here on a Sunday. But I believe that we are slowly becoming biblically illiterate. We are happy to hear about stories of somebody else's story or a story of what somebody met and who somebody met, but those stories are okay, but they're just stories. Our lives need to be based on more than just stories. They need to be based on the truth of the Word of God. Stories are okay, but you can't build your life on a story. The only thing that will be a firm foundation for your life is the Word of God. Amen? It's quiet in here now. You think, well, there's only 30 of us. We can't all be that loud. You see, it's God's design that the restored, reclaimed people learned all over again the, dis the discipline of ordering their, lives on, ordering their lives daily under the authority of his word. It's God's design that we become students of his word. It's highly significant that the very first corporate act of the people after the walls were built was this public reading and the explanation of the law of God. It wasn't some story time of what life was like under captivity. It wasn't some, you know, personal insights. It was the law of God. It was God's word. Because God's word is the only thing that lasts. And it's true, isn't it? It's God's word that stands forever. And the reading and the heeding of the word of God was the lifelink. Was the lifelink between getting free and staying free. You see, we can know that God has set you free. But if you don't know the scriptures you'll not understand that God not only has set you free, he wants you to live free. We know that scripture tells us for whom the Son is set free is what? Free indeed. If God's word tells us that he has set us free and we are absolutely free, you don't know that unless you know scripture. You simply know, well, God has helped me with this problem that I once had. When you know the word of God, that you say, yeah, not only has God's word helped me, but it has kept me from going back to it. It has kept me from falling into the same sin time and time again. The word of God was what Ezra and Nehemiah were setting before the people's attention. On first, once they made this fresh start. As, as though God was trying to tell them, listen, now you're back in the holy city. I know the temple is back in its place. I know that you've worked long and hard to establish the walls around. And that's all important. But listen to me. 
Your strength and future isn't guaranteed by that building called the temple. Your future isn't secured by these walls. Your success isn't going to be held in place by the work of your hands or the counsel of men. It's like God would say to them, my children, hear my word. Keep my laws. Understand my instruction. That is where your strength and future lies. You see, we've gotten so far away, I believe, from the Word of God that we don't even know it anymore. Other things occupy our time and our attention. I hear more talk about conspiracy theories and everything else other than the Word of God. I hear more talk about everybody. It seems like everybody's a microbiologist that understands everything that's going to happen and has happened and will might happen. We have gotten so far from talking about the Word of God to being all wound up in something that's not even what, what we're to worry our brain about. More talk about the U.S. election than the Word of God. There's something wrong with that. Do we pray for our American friends? Sure, absolutely. Do we know what God has in store for them? No. We really don't. We don't live there. We say, God, would you move in our land? And not just, I mean, obviously, not, God's not stuck by boundaries and borders, but how about we pray for our nation and say, God, would you move in Canada? Would you move, break it down, move into my home, move in my life. May my life be founded on your word. May my families be founded on your word. May our church be back to your word. May our city and our provinces of which you shadow get back to your word. You want to be a nation founded back on the word of God? It starts at home. It starts with you. It's easy to point fingers. You see, it's interesting as we read this passage of scripture and even what comes before the book of Nehemiah, is that these people had the temple in place. They had all of the walls built around this city before they went into captivity in Babylon. The temple was there, the walls were already there, and they were taken captive. Oh. In our brains, we think, well, now everything's back right. They, they, they'll be strong again. No, they already had those things, and they were taken captive. Because it takes a conscious choice to get it back into the Word of God. The Word of God had to become important to them. It was their failure to honor God's ways. That was their undoing. It wasn't like, well, you know what? If we had the temple, we will get back to God. Well, if we had walls, we will get back to God. They had those things. And they were still taken captive. Listen to me this morning. All of you who are in the middle of trying so hard to make something work again for God in your own life or in your home or in your marriage or your workplace. I know that this is a day of much learning and thinking. And my hope and prayer is that we get back to the word of God. It is the only thing that is true. It is the only thing that brings life. We hear a lot about human greatness and the potential of humans. 
We live in a day when there seems like more experts. How many of you know that? You know, it seems like everybody's an expert. Every, I mean, everybody's an expert. Even the guy that's just reading the news, like they're an expert. They didn't go to school for that stuff. They went to journalism school. You know, if they would have went to medical school, they would be a doctor. We, we think people are experts when there's just people like you and I. So let's get back to saying, you know what? It's the Word of God that needs to be foundational. Not the words of somebody who doesn't have a clue. You, just because I put a Band-Aid on you does not mean I know anything about a virus. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I, I mean, because I don't, right? I, I, I have little knowledge. I urge you today, and I know it's of the Lord, there's so many times that we need, even as Christians, to be recalled, to be summoned all over again to a simple, obedient, regular exposure to the precious Word of God. We can get so hung up on everything else. We need to keep the Word of God central. It has to be the Word of God that is centering our lives. Have you studied God's word every day last year? You were saying, mm, don't look. What's your plan for this year? What's your plan for this year to keep the word of God central? There's no bigger issue to come to terms with than this. You see, God wants us to be students of his word. It, I get it, and, and it's not, it, it's, as, even as your pastor, it's a thing that I have to remind myself of. He's saying, no, but pastor, you're in the Bible. Yes, but I have to make sure that my study is not just for a sermon preparation to, so that you can hear something, but that I'm also growing personally as well. Because if it's just for me to regurgitate and to, to give you something, then I'm not growing. So it's a challenge for me to say, okay, this is study time, and this is personal growth time. So I find myself reading scripture and doing devotionals, and we've invited you to come along in a devotional with us if you're not currently doing one. And you can still join that through the Bible app. But I want to encourage you to be a student of God's word. To memorize a scripture. Why not just take one verse of scripture each week? And say, you know what, I want to memorize the scripture. And we can all do it. I know we can. We can memorize scripture. Our verse that we've, we've been doing a prayer focus. The last one was Hebrews 10, 25. And it says, let us not give up meeting together. Our some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another, even as we see the day approaching. Oh, you see, I, I, to me, I, we're not going to get hung up on what translation you memorized it in. If you memorize it in the picture Bible, it's a little bit harder to tell someone, just saying. But as far as other translations, we're, we're not going to talk about that right now. One of these days in the spring, we'll actually talk to you about the validity of the Word of God and which are more accurate than others and which are more paraphrased than others. But that's not the talk today. Today the talk is, are we in the Word of God?
Are we hearing the word of God? Are we reading the word of God? Are we students of it? My hope and prayer is that you are. And if you aren't, that you would maybe take this as a little bit of an encouragement from your pastor to say, you know what, I need to get back to the word of God. If it's just one verse a week that you memorize, you'll just, it'll just help your life. You see, God gave us the importance of his word. He, he told this to Moses. He said in Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verses 46 to 47, he said to them, take heart, sorry, take to heart all the words I have solemnly declared to you this day. So that you may command your children to obey carefully all the words of the law. They are not just idle words for you. They are your life. By them you will live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. They're not just idle words. The word of God is not just idle words. It's not just like, oh yeah, but that seems like some old words. No, they're not just idle words. They're your life. They're your life. You want to have life in Christ? It won't come just from the illustrations or stories that I tell you. They'll come from the Word of God. They'll come from the Word of God, from the Scriptures. I remember Sharon's grandfather, oh my goodness, he lived to, what, 114? 104, I knew it had a four in there. 44, 144? 104. I mean, his body was failing, but he could quote scripture. He knew the word of God. He knew it. It was life to him. He, again, he knew his body was, was going to fail, but his mind was on God. His mind was on the word of God, which he'd imparted into his life. I'm sure as Sharon was a youngster growing up, that it was a little bit Here goes Grandpa again, you know, just giving me some scripture. But I pray that would be part of our lives. That we would know the word of God, that it would just seep through us. Joshua gives us those same thoughts with the word. And the Lord is is still ringing in his soul. Joshua 1 and verse 8, it says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Oh, see, if I just talked to you about prosperity and successfulness, you're wondering how to have the biggest bank account or how to sell the most widgets. God says you want to be prosperous and faithful and successful. You'll keep the word of God. You will understand the importance and the value of God's word that will be more successful in your life than anything this world can offer. You'll be prosperous in God and the things of Him. That's a great verse. Even the psalmist David, after, you know, we knew he was a great king, leading a leader after God's own heart, with the will of steel, refuses to let this idea die in the minds of the people on his watch. He said, blessed, is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. The value of God's word. 
You see, one thing that we have the ability with, we have the ability to read God's Word. Yes, we can maybe not gather as we once did and once enjoyed, and we look forward to being able to do that again. Yes, maybe we have to wear a mask when we're in a public setting. But nobody, and I tell you, nobody is stopping you from reading the Word of God at home. Nobody's stopping you from becoming a student of God's Word at your kitchen table with your family. Nobody is stopping you from picking up the Word of God and saying, you know what, during my break time, I'm just going to read the Word of God. Nobody's hindering you from doing that. You can become a student of God's Word. You can say, God, I need your Word. It is nourishment to our souls. We can't live the life that God has called us to live without getting back to the Word of God. There's no other way to sustain spiritual life. You want to grow in your spirit? You want to grow as a believer? Then you need to be receiving the Word of God. You need to say, God, I need to take in your Word. You will not grow if you're not reading the Word of God. You will not grow if you're not reading the Word of God. I don't care who else you listen to as a preacher. If it's just story time, you will not grow in your walk with God if it's, not, if it's not the Word of God. Because it's just stories. Your life, your spiritual life, needs to be built on the Word of God. Yes, they can give illustrations, examples, but it needs to be the Word of God that sustains us. You're saying, no, no, I, I don't read it every day. I'm just at a plateau. Let me tell you that there is not a plateau. If you're not a student of God's Word, you're not just not growing. In fact, you're declining. We need a regular diet of God's Word. Start with one verse. You're saying, I don't have the ability to read chapters and paragraphs. Start with one verse. Just start. Start reading the Word of God. You see, once the walls are up, God leads His people straight to the Word. You'll never get your life on track enough that, that you'll no longer need the Word of God. The truth made you free. And only the truth of the Word will keep you free in your walk with Jesus. The truth made you free. And only the truth of the word will keep you free in your walk with Jesus. You see, I want you to be so much a student of the word of God that if I, because I can make a mistake, or Pastor Catherine, or Pastor Tim, whoever is preaching from here, we can make a mistake. But I want you to be so much a student of the word of God that if something doesn't quite click with what you've been reading in the word of God, that you come to one of us and say, now what I've just heard Show me. We're human. And we can make mistakes. But that's why we put lots of work and, and time and prayer and preparation into what we share with you. Because I want to handle the Word of God correctly. Because I know that if I don't handle the Word of God correctly, the, the judgment that comes on me as, as a preacher... But I want you to be so much a student of the Word of God that if you hear something, that you say, that doesn't really line up. And not just from me, from any preacher. 
When somebody says something, I want you to, to know the word of God the way you say, um, I don't think so. That's not correct. We have to be mature at that place where we understand those things. Otherwise, we can be led around and led astray by all kinds of weird and wonderful teaching. Sometimes we don't read the Word of God, as I stated at the beginning, because we, we just feel like it's going to condemn us. That is not God's plan. That is not God's desire as you read the Word of God. You see, your view of God shapes everything else about your life, both earthly and eternal. Jesus told his closest followers to consider God as a heavenly father. Now, maybe you have not had the best example of, a heavenly, of an earthly father, and that somehow translates to your view of God. I want you to know this, that if your earthly father was not the, the father that should have been, God is a perfect father. God is a God of love, of care. He cares for you. He loves you. So don't, if, again, if you had a, 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 an earthly father that maybe didn't quite live life properly, don't equate that to how God's going to respond to you. Because our Heavenly Father gives a love that is firm, that is shaping, a love that is full. And that's the point that Ezra is making to these people as they hear the Word of God again. As they're brought back to the Word of God. They knew. They knew that it was their failure to keep God's Word that led them into bondage and captivity. You see, when you don't know the Word of God, it's easy to be led into bondage and captivity. When you don't know the Word of God, somebody can say something and they just say, yeah, that's what God says. And he's like, oh. But that's not truth if it, if it doesn't line up with the Word of God. My hope and prayer is this, is as your pastor, that not only that you are at this place in faith, but that you rise up, that you grow up, that you mature in faith. As they heard the Word of God, they, it was their weight of their past guilt. Notice that when they heard the Word of God read again in, in Nehemiah chapter 8, that they wept. They wept. Why? Because they understood what they lost by not understanding and being obedient to the word of God in the first place. What they gave up by not knowing God's word. The captivity that they went into because they were like, we don't know. I tell you this, if you are a student of God's word, nobody can take you captive with false and idle words. It's at this point when Ezra is teaching them something important about the word of God. And the most important thing was reading the Word of God. God reminds them not to let their past moments of failure and regret, perhaps some times of deep failure, keep them from starting anew. I want you to know this morning that maybe you haven't read the Word of God as much as you should have. Maybe you haven't been a student of the Word of God as much as you should have. But today's a great day to start again. Today is a great day to reaffirm, to say, God, I want to be a student of your word. I want to read the word of God. The devil wants our past failures to prevent us 
from going forward in our faith and obedience. So can I encourage you to come to the Heavenly Father? Fathers don't quit loving their children. They are to be taken seriously, to be sure. But I want to encourage you, never let the devil so doubt about how much God loves you. When you read the Word of God, you can read it without condemnation because God's not trying to judge you with it. He's trying to restore you with it. As you read it, if there's something that you need to adjust in your life, say, thank you, God, that you love me enough that you actually gave me this. You see, God's love for us is greater than we can understand at times. Does it show us of, our, of the things that should not be in our life? Yes, it does. But it has enough love in it that it doesn't just leave us there. God's word is life. It is, it is what feeds us. And I suspect that some have been starving for a long time. Can I encourage you to get back to the Word of God? Would you pray with me today? Father, we thank you. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have spoken and that we can hear and we can apply and we can receive your Word. We thank you for the value of what your Word is. That it is truth. It is life. It is what nourishes our souls. And God, I suspect some are starving because they've not been into your word as much as they should have. Lord, I pray that this year, I pray that we would be students of your word. That we'd understand that you love us, you care for us so much that you gave us your word to help us to live. That even David said your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. God, I pray that we would, we would understand the value of your word for our daily life. Lord, would you help us? Help us, Lord, to get back to the Word of God. I pray, Lord, that you'd be with us. Strengthen us. Make us a blessing to this world around us. For your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Glad that you could be here this morning. And may God go with you. Thank you.